Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Come on and jam. Yeah. Welcome to A Little More Good. A Little More Good. <laughs> so good we've been we've been beatboxing we've been we've been talking about the things that are are good in the world yep that, that kind of like excite us and make us happy do you guys remember Rizal? That that's where i first learned about beatboxing that's right in the in the days of high school i feel like it was like a bootlegged mixtape like burned cd yeah yeah with that on there yeah do you listeners do you guys remember making mixtapes did you make mixtapes, Dean? I would like sit by the radio and like wait for the song to come on and hit record. Record on the tape. Oh and, yeah. Like just like wait so I could like time it perfectly. Yeah. And then I'd have like the mixtape with all of my favorite songs. Yeah. Now we just got Spotify and it's Apple just, Music. It's too easy it's now. It's too easy. I feel like it's we probably don't appreciate music in the same way. Yeah. Because there's always always new music, right? All the time, new artists, new music. There's way way more access than we used to have. Yeah. And it's like, it's so easy just to consume it all the time. It's interesting. I used to go every every two weeks when I get my paycheck, I'd go to A&B Sound or yeah. HMV and yes. Music buy, like, buy like a stack of CDs and you'd like, you know, sit and listen to them oh, or yeah. like Zulu Records. Like you'd go and like, they'd have the staff picks and yeah. you'd, you'd listen to them. And like, yeah. Well, like the record shops are still a thing. Yeah. Right. Because vinyl made its comeback and it's, yeah. it's back. Like it's around. Lots of people are still buying vinyl and old and new right and so like that's kind of maybe some some pushback like beyond just like the hipster market of like i listen to vinyl because it's like the true sound yes but there maybe there's some like deeper appreciation for more people and because because like music is just everywhere and so easily consumed but i used to be like the album person like i would get a cd and like read the whole liner notes. Oh yeah, me too. Right, and like 
all the song lyrics are there and appreciate the art into the album while I was like listening to it. So I can still remember like those first CDs that you buy and like throwing it in my discman and like laying on my bed as like a 13 year old or whatever it is, yeah. like reading, pouring over all the liner notes and everything while I'm like listening to it. It was a whole experience. Do you remember the first CD you ever got? Oh man. I think, yeah, the first, the first one I ever bought was a soundtrack. Okay. And I was like, nervous about buying it because i was like my parents like i can't let my parents see it do you remember the movie dangerous minds oh yeah yeah why are we yeah coolio right with yeah. gangsters paradise on there that was, and that like, was a good soundtrack it's a great soundtrack and i bought Michelle that Pfeiffer, cd right? yep yeah. yeah and uh so i bought that cd and i remember being like man my parents are gonna catch me listening to the rap you know like yes. i'll be in trouble <laughs> which is so stupid but that's so funny yeah and then from there, it was like, I think the next CD I bought was like Nirvana. Like I was into the grunge in the 90s yeah. and, and like the hip hop and stuff too. Like uh, Wu-Tang. I remember buying that one. That's cool. Yeah. So it was. Mine was Kerplunk by Green Day. Oh, yeah. That was the first one in Basket Case. Yeah. Dookie. Dookie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Dookie. That's, that's like the album that I learned how to play guitar on. No way. I just like sat in my room with my brother's electric guitar and like figured out how to make those sounds let's bring it back hey so good so now when i listen i actually listen to it i yeah i listened to it not that long ago like i just was going back jonesing for some like punk yeah right because sometimes you just need some punk in your life and um i went back to it and was like i could still remember exactly how to play all those like every song even the ones that i like i forgot about like some of the deep tracks like you just they're not like the radio hits or standouts but i just like was listening to it i'm like oh yeah this it is really like green day it's like kind of the same chords yeah. for every song <laughs> but the first like three or four albums were so good so good yeah so to tie that into to this week's episode I was kind of like a, a mixtape junkie for so long. Like yeah. that's how if, if I liked a girl, I'd make her a mixtape. If I like, you know, was on a new sports team, I'd make like a mixtape mixtape for like the warm up nice. or for practice or whatever. Just like mixtapes were like my love language. Nice. And I kind of lost that for like a decade or so. It's just like well, after like kind of Spotify and all that happened, I just like got lazy and it didn't feel like I was discovering things. It was more like things were just like yeah you know, coming to me or whatever like it was telling me what to discover versus right. like you know my own path but what when i got uh, back into running when i got into running i wanted music uh to accompany the the pace yeah and um the experience so you know i started making mixtapes for fast runs for slow runs for long runs for you know nature run well not so much for nature runs but mixtapes for all sorts of runs yeah and um listening to other people's mixtapes and some of the best mixtapes that i i got into were those from the one and only satisfied running yeah those guys can put together a banging playlist honestly they're so good it just brought so much joy like one to like listen to music i found kind of like how we were talking about when you we'd get an album we would listen to the whole album yes when i when i'm running i just like fully listen to the songs and appreciate them so deeply that it, it kind of takes me to like a bit of a transcendent space uh where you know i'm embodying the the run but also the music and it just feels so incredible yes so check out satisfy running on on spotify and uh they've got 
literally hundreds of playlists. They're all good. I would start at the beginning, actually, like their Born to Run and their Run in Peace playlist. We can we can throw up like a few of our favorite of their playlists and maybe a few of our playlists this week. Yeah. Um. So check them out and uh, cool. Dean satisfy. So what's what's the deal this week? Who run, run who, punk run? Run <laughs> punk run. Yeah. Well, like it's it's kind of kind of good, right? We got uh, a cool guest with us today, Adam Voidoid. Man of mystery. Yes, in many ways. But uh, yeah, he he uh, joined us on the pod this week, and he's the content creator and editor in chief uh, at Satisfy of their Possessed magazine, which is also something that's like really inspirational and cool stories uh, of people doing like amazing things connected to running, either like super long runs or the unlikely kind of anti heroes of running, skateboarders. Uh, former, you know, addicts, all of these stories that are musicians, like musicians. Yes, yeah. it's just a really, really cool, like uh, eclectic group of people who have found running uh, and have like clicked into it, and maybe don't fit the mold of like a conventional runner. Yes, which is like part of satisfies whole edge. It's almost like the anti Nike in some ways. Like if you think about a Nike campaign of like who, yeah, who they're running with, this is like the opposite. Yeah, so uh, very, very happy to be able to chat with Adam and just kind of learn more about like who he is and what he brings to the brand and like his experience as a runner, as someone, you know, who takes up space in the world and is a creative, cre- creative individual and also like one hell of a runner himself. And um, yeah, to kind of like hear the story behind the brand and like how they created what they've created and it's really cool. Yeah, Adam, Adam's story is, is so fascinating. I think we just kind of got to like the, the first few layers. There's so much more to, to discuss with Adam. Um, you know, he's he grew up all over the world, mm-hmm. um, had an interesting experience of how he discovered running as a passion for himself, which yeah. we get into in the podcast. Just an inspiring guy, like such a seeker, so curious, uh, you know, leading with curiosity and possibility. Um yeah, if if you follow Satisfy, I, I deeply uh, encourage it. If you're not, the content that he's creating is is amazing. Like I think on a, a global level, it's some of the best stuff from any brand that's being put out there. Yeah, um, they're creating their own culture, their own community in ways that I haven't seen before, and I'm I'm so inspired by. And and Adam's really, um, you know, the the one that's creating a ton of this content, uh, whether it's uh, run events that they're participating in or just interviews or people that they're collaborating with or, or the way he tells stories is just a new, um, a new language that he's bringing to, to running culture mm-hmm. and a new way of collaboration and community building. And I'm inspired by it. I'm inspired by him. I'm inspired by Satisfy. And uh, I'm just excited. It's a, a brand that, uh, you know, when their newsletters come up, I click on it every time. Definitely. When they have new content in their Possessed magazine, like I think it's like the best content out there. I'm just like, I will slowly read it. I don't want to like rush through. rush through it because it's just so good. Yeah. I'll be like I'm going to like read a little bit and then take a pause. And it just like, I immerse myself in it. It's so great. Yeah. I know in the recent year, years of the pandemic like i can remember some moments where i was like had you know a lot of just like joy and like simple maybe like simple comfort and simple joy like i literally will think back and it's me on a saturday morning like you know kind of like taking it slow 
maybe with a coffee, like maybe I've got a run planned later in the day or whatever. And um, reading like the latest release from the possessed magazine and just like you said kind of just like whether it's whether it's chilling on the couch or still in bed but kind of just like up for the day but yeah reading it through getting inspired by the stories that are being told in there um and then usually like flipping over to to the gram and seeing like a classic ask us shit yes (laughs) like where they would just open it up and ask anything and some of the responses would be just freaking hilarious and others would be like these in-depth responses to people's you know questions about running or questions about like running and cannabis or you know how do i get into running for the very first time or just you know absolutely anything (laughs) will you have a sale yeah bro (laughs) it's so good but just like those moments of feeling like connection and uh positive and just really really creative storytelling from from like a brand perspective like it made me forget that they were even you know like a running brand it was more of just like a lifestyle yeah like this is what they do which is awesome absolutely it was kind of surreal to actually connect with adam because dean and i we go on our runs all the time and you know we'll talk about the content and the stories that adam adam tells and shares and and the events that he's a part of um, and that'll be a part of our run. So it was it was surreal and um, and great to be able to connect with Adam and, and share conversations. So definitely can't um, wait to do it like for real. Yes, because obviously he's in Oakland, California, and we're up here in the beautiful Vancouver area. And so we were over Zoom, and of course there's always a there's always a margin of technical difficulty or anything that can happen. And so it would be great to have one that was not pseudo interrupted by by wi-fi and connection and the other stuff that happens when we're over zoom but uh yeah still still uh, a great episode to check out yeah i guess it's important to note the audio uh wasn't quite up to to the quality that uh we're used to but i think the the storytelling and the experience was uh top notch totally and, uh, more than makes up for it you know that's that's what we're left with our stories so yeah. we're super excited to share this week's episode yeah so uh, lace up your shoes, go for a run while you listen to this one. Peace. All right. We're super excited for uh, this week's podcast. We're Zooming here with, uh, you know, somebody that we admire on the uh, online online world. We've been following him for a while through Satisfy Running, um, head of content, uh, part of the marketing team. Uh, and we're just talking about, uh, you know, this might be, your real name might be your, your handle, Adam Adam Voidoid. Welcome to the podcast, Adam. Thanks so much. I'm really stoked to be here. Nice. And uh, you're joining us today from, from sunny Oakland, hey? Yeah, yeah. Where it's just cold enough that I wish I brought a coat, but just warm enough, I'll be okay. So <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. it's like the constant state of affairs. That's awesome. Um Excited to kind of jump all over the place with you today. I think there's like a lot of different topics that we want to get into, but uh, one thing uh, I thought we could start off with, uh, maybe tell us about the run you had today. How did, how did that go? Yeah, so I think for the first time ever in my running life, which has been pretty short, um, a really good friend of mine, Logan Williams, who's a professional trail runner for Solomon, has been writing my running plan for me for the last like month and a half or so so it's been really nice to kind of have preordained guidance and like he will update my log every week and you know give me a set of runs and workouts to do and today was just like an easy 90 minutes 
with some strides thrown in, ended up being almost exactly 11 miles and just ran along the Bayside in San Leandro. It was beautiful. I was feeling lazy, so I went with something kind of flat. Nice. <laughs> Do you have some, some tunes or were you uh, going without the music? Actually, no, today I, I, I was listening to Graduation. I, I realized I hadn't gone backward in the Kanye discography in a bit. And I was just reminded when I saw his post about NFTs this morning on Instagram. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll listen to some Kanye today. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. I love going back to those older albums because it's, um, they kind of take you back to a time and place and the, the run just kind of becomes, you know, a, a kind of, uh, secondary part of uh the journey when these these songs are kind of taking you back to wherever you were in the, when that graduation album first came out exactly exactly so true all right well maybe we can kind of like rewind things back to your origins i know i know you've kind of been a man of the world and lived all over the place um born, born in uh bangkok thailand is that right yeah yeah that's yeah. right um and without sort of belaboring the exact when and where's I was at, I lived in Bangkok accumulatively for about seven or eight years. I uh, lived in Seoul in Korea for about seven or eight years, and that's where my family's from and lives now. I lived in Vietnam for three years, and then the remainder of that time was spent in the United States, but kind of in different chunks. Like I wouldn't until I was about 23, I guess, I didn't really live in the same place for more than uh, three years maximum. So it's just kind of all over. Wow. So uh, kind of stay, uh, hanging out there for a little bit. Um, you were in Thailand for the first six or seven years or, or, or whatnot. Um, what was that like growing up there? Uh, yeah, it was actually, I lived in Thailand until I was about two, and then I moved back halfway through the senior year in high school. Oh, no way. Which was like probably the worst time ever to move as an adolescent, I would say. Uh, I don't recommend it. If anybody has kids and they're thinking about moving their child halfway through senior year in high school, it's not the best. Um, but I ended up moving back to Bangkok sort of when I was older, actually. So I got I mean, I don't remember much, you know, apparently my first words were Thai and I don't speak Thai anymore, but um, moving back. Uh, yeah, actually, funny enough was when I got back to Thailand is when I actually started really discovering activity as like a really therapeutic thing for me. It wasn't running at the time. I was doing Muay Thai because, you know, I was in Thailand, but um, yeah, that's kind of where it all started. Really. Oh. I just never really put it together until right now. That's awesome. So when you think of home, uh, do you think of where you are now or like um, what what does that kind of resonate? Where does that resonate for you? You know, it's it's funny. It's it's a question that I've been asked a lot. And it's one that I always try to think of a good answer to. But the truth is that I just I really don't know. Like, I definitely don't think of a physical location anymore. It's been so uh, it's just been so everywhere. Mm. And at this point, I think home for me is people. Yeah. So I guess on one hand, you know, I have a home in Korea and Seoul where my parents and extended family are. And then on the other hand, I have home wherever my partner is, you know, and that happens to be Oakland right now. So 
That's cool. Yeah. Have you been able to stay connected with your family through uh, through COVID and all of that? Yeah, we stay in touch digitally, but I haven't seen them physically in over two and a half years now. It's the longest the longest chunk of time we've gone without seeing each other. It's crazy. Mm. We'll kind of fast forwarding through things a little bit. So um, you kind of grew up in, in Thailand and Vietnam and Korea. What what originally brought you over to to the states? Was it for school or was it uh, you know for adventure or what, what brought you over to the states in the beginning? Yeah, so my it's like my mom is Korean, my dad is American, so I was actually born a U.S. citizen. So okay. I've always had ties to the United States. Um, so, I mean, really what brought me to each of these places in various um, spurts of time was just my, my father's job, you know, growing up. Um, but definitely what brought me back to the States was school, yeah. you know. And, um, yeah, like I was telling you, I think uh, I graduated high school in Bangkok. Um, at the time, you know, I, I had some sort of academic goals, you know, when I was 19 and um my dream at that time was to go to Columbia, which I eventually did do later in life, but I didn't get in. And so I, I guess I was just really morose about it for some reason. Um, and I just kind of gave up on that dream. And I went to a school I had never visited in Southern Virginia because I was in a band at the time that most of the members were going there. So I was like, oh, I'll do the band thing. So I ended up moving to uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia. This is like a truck stop with a school in it. Uh, and had a really bad time there. <laughs> just like a really bad time there. Just straight up, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. We love the Bergs out there. Dillsburg, Harrisburg. All Bergs. Yeah. yeah. Usually when you see a Berg, you know, you can pretty much assume that you are uh, safe to not go and not feel like <laughs> you're missing out. <laughs> So what was the dream? What was the dream or the goal with like Columbia? Like that was your place to get in. And then, like you said, you ended up going there, but what was it about that school in particular? Was it a program? The athletics? No, no, definitely not. It was, it was just really like, I had this romantic idea of New York, you know, Um, in high school. I mean, I've always been really obsessed with literature, but there was a really deep phase in high school that I went through of reading the beats you know, like Jack Kerouac, William Burroughs, Allen Ginsberg, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, like a lot of these poets and, and writers that, you know, spoke to this, like, um, you know, kind of punky adolescent self. Mm. You know, I still have, I still have a lot of love for these, for these individuals, but it's certainly a little more modulated now. But um, I think that was a big part of why I wanted to be there. Yeah. 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 I think if you're interested and, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're interested in like poetry, literature, like those are the voices that you're drawn to at like that adolescent stage, right? It's that kind of formative, explorative moment in life where you're kind of, I remember when I first got my hands on like Howl and was reading it, I was like this, like this, whoa, it just kind of like opens the door to so many different ideas and experiences. And yeah, that vibe. I remember up here at UBC taking some courses and kind of encountering some of these writings coinciding with like an African-American history course and seeing how like that culture was, was created and like kind of in tandem with this like underground like hip movement and it's it's very like it totally draws you into it yeah 
Yeah, and I think, and funny enough, I, I see uh, kind of like a deep parallel in terms of like this culture building, like happening with running. That's like really exciting to me. And I've been able to kind of take those same sentiments that I, I romanticize and kind of imbue them into everything that I do, like for Satisfy or just sort of even with my own personal outlook on running and what role it plays in my life and mm. how it connects me to people and different things. Can we get into your kind of origins for running? Um, one of the stories yeah. that really inspired me was your your piece on Satisfy uh, Possess Magazine, The Psychedelia of Running. Um, your kind yeah. of your, your adventure through Central Park. Uh, can you yeah. share that story with us? Oh, absolutely. I'll do a TLDR version. That. <laughs> um, so that was like, I guess I've really just been running for five years and it started, yeah, it started in New York City. Um, I'd always been into movement uh, for several years up until that point. I was, gosh, I'm 32 now. So yeah, I guess I was about 27 at the time. 26 and one of my best friends had given me this vial of acid that I was using to uh, microdose with and sort of experiment with how it would be able to provide therapeutic benefits for depression and stuff like that um, and yeah one day I, I took a dose that I wildly misgaged um, and it ended up being uh, just significant I guess is the best way to put it and I was sitting in my single-person dorm room, which is like a little box. And I don't know if you've ever done a psychedelic, like to feel boxed in is, uh, it, it literally weighs on you. It creates this sort of anxiety. And I think on the come up of when you take the psychedelic, there's this anxiety, right? It's like a anxious energy. And for whatever reason, the only thing that made sense to me was to just put on some gym clothes and shoes and leave and just run. And so I, uh, I remember I had headphones and I think I was listening to the, to a Nick Hakeem album. Yeah. I, actually, I don't, I'm saying it like I didn't know, but I remember vividly I was listening to a Nick Hakeem album, green eyes. Uh, and yeah, I just ended up running like 13 miles in central park going from no running at all. So needless to say, it absolutely wrecked me. The following days because yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> but you know while i was in it, it it was like one of the most uh liberating sort of freeing moments that i still have even experienced to this day you know like everything just made sense like any sort of bodily anxieties or concerns were were gone because they were just going through such a deep mechanical repetition uh, and then my mind was just able to kind of untether. And yeah, it was, it was insane. Hmm. Can you remember kind of like the visual, physical experience of, of running well, um, experiencing the trip? Like you had two trips happening at once. One of the physical, the physical aspect of you running through Central Park and two kind of the, the metaphysical trip of, of, the acid experience like how did those kind yeah. of come together what was like the visual physical experience like yeah no definitely I think in in a lot of ways on paper New York City is a terrible place to do a psychedelic because there are so <laughs> many people you know and um it tends to uh induce a lot of paranoia even when you're sober you know like just you constantly feel a gaze on you and um I just remember from the visual aspect running was just an amazing way to erase people because like you're just moving 
literally just faster. So everything in terms of concerns about people or anything like that was just blurred, you know? And yeah, mentally, I just remember um, being quite literally propelled by my thoughts and the music I was listening to. You know? And I, I, to this day, you know, I, I run predominantly sober. You know? I still dabble doing that once in a while as an exploratory exercise. But I mean, I really do rely on thoughts and feelings as almost like nutrition for my runs. I don't know if that sounds corny or dumb, but it's uh, it's really what helps me sort through them is that movement. Yeah, I love that. So you you went through this, this experience. Um, what kind of uh, what was your catalyst? for the the acid experience in the first place like prior to the run um what kind of led you to to kind of seeking that out yeah so um i mean ever since i was a teenager you know i i dealt with pretty serious sort of mental health issues you know without i mean and if you want we can dive deeper into it but without getting too deep into it right now you know there was a, a pretty significant chunk of my life that I was misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder. And this was in Bangkok, actually. And I had this doctor there who had me on a regimen of pills that was just just so many pharmaceutical substances that I can't even remember the names of. But all I remember is that every night, it was at a point where I was prescribed to take like 23 pills wow. like for uh, psychiatric purposes, you know, which I mean, I just can't fathom being that person anymore. Mm-hmm. But I was that person for, for many years of my life. And, you know, I culminated into a lot of pretty shitty things. And I eventually did find movement and exercise as a way to deal with this sort of part of myself. Yeah. And so fast forwarding many years after, after that, I, uh, was just searching for ways to to deal with it on my own because I'd I'd done a lot of different discussion-based modes of intervention and therapy that did a lot for me but wasn't sort of the end-all be-all. And I I think I really wanted a way to get to have that discussion scenario with myself. And um, yeah, I mean, a buddy of mine knew someone who synthesized the LSD, so I knew it was good. got some and just kind of experimented with microdosing and I guess also inadvertent macrodosing, but mostly <laughs> like the intention was fully for, uh, you know, for health, mental health purposes. Yeah. Uh, very cool. It's interesting that like in kind of a roundabout way, like the, the LSD, which people, you know, and now, you know, we're in the time where people are, are experimenting with microdoses of like mushrooms and other psychedelics for specifically, yeah or mental health, but it's so, I think it's so cool that like you found your way into uh, like a pattern and a rhythm that helped bring about some clarity. And like, I resonate so much with like getting out as a run is a, is a way of like finding kind of release and it's, it's therapy. Sometimes it's just physical, but a lot of times yeah. it's mental emotional piece. And I think it's awesome how like that kind of goes full circle where this experience of like looking for that kind of led you into going on this wild run and now and brought you into the space where you realize like it's physical embodied experience of running that can bring you some of those pieces of like clarity and connection and 
to the point where you don't necessarily need this the the psychedelic like support in the same way right exactly now that i think you hit the nail on the head that's precisely it yeah well maybe we can talk about running for a little bit uh from a perspective of like mental well-being uh and kind of like human evolution like dean and i are both avid runners and and i think i'm hooked on running uh because of the the mental clarity, the uh, opportunity for creativity, the possibility um, that it kind of leads to. Like, I think all of our ideas start on a run. If I'm stuck with yeah. something, if I don't know, like if I'm in a bit of a rut, like usually a run will kind of sort that out for me. Um, I find it's like kind of brings the most kind of mental well-being and happiness to my life. Um, so maybe we can kind of like jam on where the byproducts of running, whether that's like mental health or um, adventure or kind of some of the things that running has brought into your life um, since that kind of uh, coming of age experience uh, at Central Park. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's quite actually changed my life just in terms of what I, what I've ended up doing career-wise, the people that I've met, but I mean, just to kind of go at a, more um, like substratum level of running. You know, I think there's something just super primitive and primal about running, right? I mean, I think running was a form of movement that from a historical standpoint, humans used in states of need, right? Like we, we ran because there was something that we were hunting or that we were searching for, right? Or we're hungry. And so like, you know, I think that runner's high really is just this inarticulable state of being that allows for more acute sensitivity to finding solutions, if that makes sense, you know? And I think that through consistently doing that every day, you're constantly putting yourself, if you're running for long enough, um, where you're looking for solutions. I mean, we don't need to hunt food anymore. Like we buy that shit, but like, I think when you're running, the reason why it's like such a release is that your, your brain is, is, is trying to make these connections, like whether that's like within yourself or whether it's like an idea that you're trying to flash out for, for work, whether it's a fight that you just had with a friend or with your partner that you're trying to sort through, you know, I think it brings a lot of, uh, it grounds you, right? It, it's, it's, it grounds you while simultaneously untethering you, mm. you know? It, it allows you sometimes, I think, to, to escape or transcend the, the paradigm that locks you in when you're not running. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's like the the beautiful paradox of running, right? Is you're you're yeah. simultaneously like grounded and set free, like all at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Right. It's like the difference between runners that like you know obsess over the strata data, Strava data, which is like very concrete and grounded, versus ones who run strictly for that really abstract feeling that you know. They don't give a shit about like their pace for that run that day or yeah. their heart rate was or their cadence, you know, there's like, there's, a, there is that really interesting dichotomy of running though. Cause it's like, you know, I'm sure we could talk about the beauty of the abstract nature of it. But the other day I was talking to somebody and I was asking them why they like to run. And it was like strictly for the concrete data. Like that's what brought them joy, you know? And I was like, man, 
even though that's like a big part of what guides me on like knowing how ready or not prepared I am going to be for a race, it's most definitely not the main motivating factor to get getting out there, you know. So, but it's cool that like it has that multifaceted element of you know offering people both sides like someone who's really scientifically motivated or someone who's really like artistically motivated yeah yeah well and i think that different modalities of running can like blend to different experiences whether you're like trail running or road running or you know blasting out a 5k or running an ultra like they kind of lend to different head spaces and, and different kind of like abstract experiences that you're kind of touching on yeah absolutely so do you find for yourself like is running like a spiritual experience or is that something that kind of happens um you know when you when you least expect it when you're like hitting a trail or something like that you know i I think that there is something inherently spiritual about it but i think i would be pretending if i said that it was strictly that you know I think a lot of people advertise it as being that for them. And, you know, and that's great. But, you know, like, for instance, I was telling you today earlier, I didn't want to do this run. It didn't feel good the whole time. Certainly nothing spiritual about it. But I'm super happy that I did it because, you know, I do love the spiritual element of it. But there is absolutely for me a performance element, too. And that can only come through, you know, sharpening the knife, right? It's just consistency. Like, you, you go out there every day even when you don't feel like it, you know, and, and know that it's okay. You don't, not, not every day has to be a spiritual experience. You don't always have to be a workout hero, you know, just by virtue of getting out there, like, you know, yeah. you're doing the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder if there's an element of it though, too, where it's like, you know, we, we want the, the kind of like high experience every time and like that, transcendent like oh man i was like in the zone and like everything was clicking and it was truly like the you know the lighting was just right and the whatever the trail i was on like it felt like i was just like in this spiritual zone but like part of me also recognizes like just as you said like doing the damn thing like begrudgingly putting on your shoes and being like i gotta put in like 90 minutes today like to me in some ways like the discipline of that also is part of that spiritual practice like just like whatever it would be like meditating or like showing up to your tradition or whatever it is when you don't feel like it or don't feel it but kind of like having that consistency to push through like i wonder if that's part of what enables us to then have like those kind of high moments of like enlightened runs or whatever you're totally right i mean i think you know it's like you know when you think about a monk they don't just like step into a temple and become spiritual right like i'm sure there are days that like most days like getting to that state of enlightenment or grind some kind of grind you know and in fact i I think when you look at the uh, etymological root of both athlete and ascetic it's the same which is like really interesting like you know asceticism which is like a life of that spiritual like spirituality and athleticism like however long ago came from the same word so yeah. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was just reading, uh, uh, Douglas Abrams, the book of joy. He like co-interviews, uh, the Dalai Lama and, uh, recently passed Archbishop uh, Desmond Tutu. 
and they're like having wow. these conversations and you know the Dalai Lama talks about his like morning kind of routine and office and how he gets out of bed at like whatever 3 30 or 4 a.m or whatever it is to do his like hour and a half meditation and it's like everyone everyone wants to be like as zen and as enlightened as the Dalai Lama but like nobody wants to get out of their bed. Yeah, see, even, morning to even the Dalai Lama wakes up and he's like, I got to do 90 minutes today. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly the same thing. Right. Yeah, it's uh, true. Uh, it's true. But it is cool. I love how you paralleled, like how connected those two things are, like really, and even the etymology of, of the word is like. Yeah, I don't think many people know that. Like I, I randomly stumbled upon that recently and it kind of blew my mind, you know. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like that could be like a tag on a satisfy uh, satisfy T-shirt or something like that. <laughs> should, should, we, should we jump into satisfy and how you kind of discovered this brand and and were yeah. drawn, drawn to work with with satisfy and Bryce Patouche and, and the team there? Yeah, sure. Yeah, what 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 can I tell you? <laughs> I mean, I think for for me, like what drew me to to satisfy it. it is kind of like a counter counterculture to to most running brands. Like it led with value. It leads with this is my perspective as like a consumer and fan, and um, like it, it leads with the values and the culture, um, and it it doesn't necessarily represent like a traditional running culture. It, it kind of speaks to like the punk the punk rock values, the skate culture. Um, kind of like a bit of a, a middle finger to like um, traditional running aesthetics or or metrics in a way. Yeah, and just like I think wearing the clothes and following the brand almost gave permission for new experiences that um, it kind of broadened my own definition of running just by engaging with the brand and and. It made me excited about running, and I don't. I can't think of many brands that um, can create that kind of culture or experience through what's essentially like an article of clothing. So maybe like that's kind of what drew me into the brand, and I I, I think satisfy is like creating community in an online way that I haven't seen anywhere else. Um, you know, I've pre-COVID, like I've got my own company here in Vancouver and, and community and collaboration are big pillars for what we do. I've, I've never yeah. seen a brand create that sort of community and collaboration through like a digital platform. So I'm, I'm very like inspired by what you guys are doing. And um, so I think you've got a big part of that, the kind of the, the stories that you share and the experiences that you create. Um, so I'm I'm grateful for for what you guys are doing, and I'm just curious of how how you first got into it, and, um, yep. and then we can kind of go to like some goals or some some of the plans that you hope to achieve from there. Yeah, sure. Um, so I went, you know, kind of after that psychedelic running experience, I started running, you know, um, without looking up a plan or anything. So of course kind of had many setbacks to begin with until I found a friend who was a runner who kind of was like, yo, no, you got to like structure it. You know, you can't just go out and run 13 miles every day, like without having run at all, you know, you're going to get hurt. And anyways, through uh, developing running as a regular habit kind of coincided with my inherent predilection towards wanting to surround myself with nice things. 
you know, this is just something about me that is very separate from running. But yeah. these things together, I kind of, you know, I was running in like Nike shorts or something first. And they didn't really speak to me because, like I was saying, I like to curate the things and objects around me in my life like a crow in such a way that like they speak to me. And um, yeah, through a series of online research, I found Satisfy. And like yourself, I, I was very drawn to the brands. I actually like didn't know much about their digital platform at the time because this was, I guess, three and a half years ago, four years ago. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I love Satisfy. I didn't have any aspirations of working for Satisfy because, I mean, it seemed totally out of the realm of possibility for me because... I just graduated from Columbia with a degree in comparative literature and a niche track called medicine, literature, and society. So I think anybody who's like, <laughs> has the humanity degree, humanities degree, it's like, oh, this guy wanted to go to grad school. And sure enough, my plan was to go to grad school, right? I was like applying for PhD programs. This was uh, the fall before the pandemic um, in English. And then one day on Instagram, I saw Satisfy posted in their story that they were looking for somebody part-time to do customer service. And, uh, you know, it certainly wasn't my dream to do customer service, but at the same time, I was like, wow, like I love this brand and everything they stand for. Let me just apply and, you know, see where it goes. And yeah, through a series of interviews that lasted about a month and a half, I ended up being hired, um, yeah, working part-time, just answering customer responses, you know, and helping people with orders and, you know, all the sort of mundane but very important tasks that go along with customer service. And then the pandemic hit a couple months later, right? And, you know, there was a lot of restructuring being done internally at Satisfy, which kind of made me nervous at the time because I was like, oh, man, like, I put my eggs in this basket when I was in the process of, you know, doing something totally different that I make a mistake, you know? Um, but yeah, it ended up being that they wanted me to work full time. And uh, so that started with me kind of having a little more creative control over just the customer service experience, um, sort of being able to incorporate my, my, my writing skills into that and kind of developing that into something a little more robust than it had been before. Um, so I worked, which from there led to me doing all the copywriting, which I still do for Satisfy. Um, and then when his Zest magazine started, I, I don't know if you read this piece that, that I did called White Rim Road in Search of Fast Time, but really it was this project of the runner, Logan, actually, the guy I mentioned before who writes my running plan for me. Um, wanted to run an FKT on White Rim Road, which is in Utah. And yeah, like I was telling you, at this point, I was just doing the copywriting and just sort of the storytelling for drops that I didn't have any creative control over. And I just presented the idea for, you know, sending this runner gear to do this endeavor and getting the images and, and writing like a prose, like it's founded piece. And yeah, Brees ended up just really liking it. and kind of it spitballed from there and um yeah ended up sort of coordinating the possessed magazine shoot that we did for that product and really just in the span of a couple months he um developed a lot of trust for me and appreciation for the ideas that i had and it was getting to the point where doing all this stuff you know like i, I don't know if you guys saw it but 
after that, I did Cocodona with Michael Versteeg um, and Speed Project, you know, and so it's like important to note that like these projects were things that, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd envisioned and that I'd always wanted for the brand because I really wanted this really cool brand to be deeply entrenched and connected in a real way to running and the running community and specifically trail running, because that's always for me where I, I saw it as having the biggest capacity for, for dreaming and, you know, as like somebody who like was really into the brand. And, um, yeah. So for during Cocodona, it was crazy. I was like helping Mike with all that. And then whenever I had time responding to customers, you know, like, and so, so basically it got to the point where Reese just kind of recognized that I am it would be better suited for my energies to be just put towards doing projects like that and making content and just shifting all focus to writing and storytelling. And that's kind of how it, how it happened. I, I, I think that was kind of rambly, but I hope you get a little bit of a sense of how my time at Satisfy has evolved. So cool. And, and the projects you've been a part of, I find mm-hmm. them so inspiring. Like, um, Dean and I will we go, we go for runs together and we literally have talked about like on those runs, some of the stories that you've shared and some of the projects that you've been a part of the, the speed project. Can we get into that a little bit? That was like, absolutely. I felt through your Instagram, through your storytelling, I felt like I was like on the edge of my seat wanting to know like what was happening next. Like it was so, so inspiring. It's something that is definitely on my bucket list now. Yeah. Uh, can you kind of share what the speed project is and, and what your experience was? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in short, the Speed Project is an unsanctioned race that doesn't have an official route. It starts at the Santa Monica Pier in LA at four o'clock in the morning. And then the only goal is to get to the Welcome to Las Vegas sign in Las Vegas as fast as you can um, while abiding by the laws, which really is just that you can't run on any freeways because that's illegal. So. Um, I guess, you know, through the, and I want to say maybe it's on year six now, um, six years of its existence, people have found all different kinds of routes and people spend, people being teams, spend a lot of time planning logistics to attack the speed project, which, you know, <laughs> our team did not do because we, I don't, I only heard about the speed project or was invited to participate in the speed project for satisfy about three and a half weeks before the event started. Wow. <laughs> um, which I think, I don't know if people, people know this part of it. Um, and, and I'm happy to tell the story, but you know, Lee Gerson, she was uh, one of the runners on the team. She sent me a text. Yeah. About three and a half weeks before the speed project, let's just call it a month just saying, Hey, um, do you want to cover one of the speed project teams for possessed magazine? And I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I kind of vaguely heard about the Speed Project. It sounded really cool, really harmonious ethos with Satisfy. And so I was like, definitely, I would love to write about the Speed Project. And I brought the idea to Brees. And Brees being Brees was just like, let's, why don't we just make our own team? And I was like, okay, I, I guess it's in, it's in three and a half weeks, but, you know, I'll see, I'll see who I can pull together and what we can do. So, yeah, the... I spent three and a half weeks kind of going through lists of runners that I knew who really I wouldn't 
mind actually spending time with because, you know, after Pocadona, I, I learned a lot that on these sort of big running excursions, you're spending a lot of intimate time with people. And it's so important that, you know, people get along. And uh, yeah, it just ended up being this this crazy production where I was doing a lot outside of my own experience or capacity. <laughs> but it ended up coming together in the end in, in a way that I did plan, but I want to say I couldn't have planned for, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you guys, you guys like collected a pretty, pretty amazing team of people like runners and support crew, like in a relative short amount of time and then put up like you, it wasn't it like you showed up. It was pretty awesome to watch. Like Zach said, like we were kind of following along, like messaging each other, like, this is nuts. Did you see the latest story? And, you know, between the well, between all of us, we're like following the different runners and people participating. So you're getting like all these different angles, which was such a cool way of like sharing the story and kind of cheering for what seemed like maybe like uh, almost like a haphazard sort of crew thrown together that actually yeah. had a really good shot at pulling out the the overall win on the whole thing. Like you guys came third, right? No, I think we, we came 10th. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's the thing. Yeah. I, I, but it's so funny that you, you felt that way because I think in, to a certain extent, you know, we, we did win in that, like in, in the sense that it was just so ragtag that it was just so supremely relatable. Yeah. I think is what it ended up being, you know, at least for me, even, I mean, shit. I mean, we got to the welcome to Las Vegas town. I thought we won. I mean, I knew we did. I knew we were like 10, but in yeah. my heart, like I felt like, you know, we'd won. And yeah. I think it was just like that energy, you know? And I think we ended up getting even further down because we forgot to take a selfie at the sign, which is like apparently how you like finish, like that's what cuts off your time. But okay. instead, you know, like we just were like handed champagne bottles and like pop those open and like lost like, you know, 20 minutes just hanging out, like not taking a selfie. So, yeah. 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 Are you guys going to I mean, you know... No, no, we're not doing it this year. You know, it was just like, it was one of those things where we did it in such a way last year. I mean, I don't know how, uh, the only way to improve would be to win yeah. and satisfy as a brand. I don't know. Winning isn't really like a big vocab word in our repertoire, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think that that's, been, yeah, no, no. But even just saying like, whatever we came 10th or whatever it was, but it's still, it was like a win. And I think right. that's, that's just it. And any, any kind of like distance race, like talking with people or whatever, and they're like, oh, I DNF'd on, you know, the Squamish 50 out here or like Chuckana, which is like a crazy kind of ultra. And it's like, yeah. Oh, Chuckana? Yeah. Like you could, yeah. Oh yeah. You would know. Yeah. I yeah. know Chuckana. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like just a little bit north of where I'm at Seattle. So yeah. That's right. So people say like, oh, I DNF'd on that. I'm like, you're saying that like it isn't a badge of honor. Like that's still an amazing, like I get it, competitive and we're goal oriented, but like still to show up and do it and then to see it as like, we didn't win, but it was a win. Like that's, yeah. That's what yeah. it's all about. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. To me, something that's unique with Satisfy, I think you captured that. Like I feel like you guys truly, um celebrate the journey whereas a lot of brands are like driven for outcome um <laughs> like your storytelling um kind of the athletes that you um you know work with it's the stories are all about the experience and like the the end results kind of like a paragraph at the end of the story but the 
the kind of the bulk of it is the experience. And I think that's something that satisfies captured so incredibly. You know, if, if we look at like a Nike ad or something like that, it's like an athlete like hitting every shot or making, you know, it's these champions that are like winning, you know, the, the first place or the second place. Uh, I feel like you guys are all about celebrating that journey. And I think that's where possibility and adventure and excitement and kind of the true kind of dis human discoveries happen when we're, we're on that kind of path. Um, so I, I think that's something cool that you guys are doing. That's a little bit different than everybody else. Yeah. Thanks. That's, I think you've, uh, you, you summed it up pretty well though. I mean, that's always where my head is at when I'm thinking about sort of the next piece of content that I want to do or, or the next place I want to go or the next race that, you know, I want to, I want to hit up or yeah, the next route I want to do with Michael Versteeg or something, or, you know, whatever he hits me with ideas. It's always very rooted in that, um, in that exact sentiment. It's all about the journey. Mm -hmm. and, and you guys, another one, I mean, I, I feel like you just like had a, a book's worth of epic runs and adventures last year, but the, the man against horse, that one just looked absolutely insane. Oh Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, that was that was a trip. Yeah. So you, tell me, you you can tell the history, but it's like one of the oldest races in America, and it's like you're actually racing against horses. Like, can you kind of give us the the background? Yeah, no, that that's that's no, that's right. Yeah, I I think lore the lore goes that, <laughs> yeah. uh, on Whiskey Row in, in Prescott, Arizona. There was a bet made at a bar where a guy was like, you know drunkenly was like i think i could outrun a horse and his friend was like no you fucking can't <laughs> and they made a race out of it like i think it was something like kind of kind of really uh as simplistic as that i i, I want to say it was started in the 80s maybe or 70s probably 70s um but yeah i mean it's it's evolved over time but what it is now is, is a 50 mile course starting in uh the base of mingus mountain prescott and goes through the mountains and you get to see jerome and um loops back around and ends back back in uh, back in Prescott. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. uh it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty fun. Yeah. Basically, I mean how I ended up even doing it was uh, Mike and I had just come off that Colorado Trail FKT experience, which was I think harrowing for everybody involved in different ways, you know, like it most definitely was an instance where the journey was gnarly like the journey wasn't something beautiful and glorious you know it was like uh it was it was it was it was rough in, in many senses of what that means and so he just shot me a text like a little bit after that i, I want to say out of almost for almost like a redemptive experience and was like hey man like there's this man against horse race like in a month do you want to you want to do it you know i hadn't really put in any serious training but it just sounded really fun and you know any almost anything mike asked me to do i'm i'm going to show up so i said sure and um yeah it was a pretty pretty fun experience running with horses it cool. turned out to be a lot slower than than i thought so i think only like one horse beat me and i'm not like you know a super talented runner but yeah <laughs> that, that's awesome. it's, it's really it's really the climbs in the sense that horses that's our so, handicap is, is mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Unsurprisingly. Yeah, yeah. 
that's so cool i'm just like picturing like the podium at the end of the race and you got like steven first and you got like jordan second <laughs> yeah. and you got like charlie the horse in third you know yeah like, exactly it's a good podium one, of the, one, of, one of the best like race finishing shirts and like belt buckles that i have i think that i, I will cherish is just like you know, I wish I had it. If I was at home in my life, I was working. I'd totally be able to show you. But <laughs> the buckle's pretty cool, and the shirt's pretty cool. You know, yeah. it's fun. Well, one of the things that um, is kind of like a consistent theme that we talk about is you're the you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and and you've been able to spend some time with some really cool athletes, artists, musicians. Um, and just like satisfies a brand. So I just, I'm, I'm curious, what are some of the lessons? Uh, what are some of the, some of the things that you've been able to embody and bring into your, your day-to-day life uh, from just being around such a inspiring group of people from, from satisfied to the artists and athletes that you've worked with? That's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've most definitely taken a lot of things that I've, learn from or discard from the people that I've got to spend time with. But I think the main ones really are just, uh, I'm a pretty frenetic person. I'm impatient. I am energetically inconsolable. (laughs) And I think what I've taken from the beating of a year that last year was physically, like just these crazy events and journeys as, as, as we're calling them, is true patience and the ability to, you know, not think that every day is the last opportunity to accomplish something. I think that's something that has plagued most of my perspective in life is just constantly like projecting forward. But I've, you know, it sounds really contrived because but there's truth to it is that I've just found a way to be really present. And it's, and I guess it took, yeah, doing uh, ridiculous races on foot and FKT projects to get there. But you know, mm. that, that, that's, that's been sort of the main takeaway. And also the fact that, like, I don't know, like, I think all of us are capable of a lot more than we give ourselves credit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which I think is something actually to kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier as a byproduct of running is that I think, you know, I don't know if you guys have done ultras and stuff and, you know, just when you finish, you're just like, wow, I, I like covered that distance on my feet. And, you know, like there was a time in my life where I didn't even think about running. You know, and yeah, and I think that just kind of translates into other spaces of your life, you know. Yeah, in, in one of the in one of the possessed uh, articles, you wrote uh, something that I just it really stood out to me because I, I I love to live in like the possibility, and have this like I don't know open open ideation of like a living into possibility and just say like things seem impossible until they aren't. And I remember reading this, I pulled it out. It's like you said, I ran my first hundred K marathon, an unfathomable distance for me prior. I really did experience the entirety of my life over the course of those 17 hours. And like, 
that's insane. First of all, like for, for, you know, the average person to think like, wait, you, like, I don't even like driving a hundred kilometers, let alone like you ran that. And then 17 hours kind of like on your feet doing this thing. But the, the end result of that is this experience that like you really couldn't get like any other way. Right. But I wonder yeah. like, what is it? What is it about like those ultra distances or, or that? Is it the, is it the physical element? Is it the mental? Is it a, a like kind of mismatch, mishmash of everything? Like what about running that far kind of like really s- compels you to do something like so absurd? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think what, what compels me to do it is, is, is the idea, right? It's, 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 <laughs> delusional belief you know i think is what drives me to to put my hat in those range you know like i was like i've mentioned before like i'm not a particularly talented runner or athlete you know but i think that's what motivates me even more mm. is because like and that's what really draws me to these long distances is that and where you know like in the track and field scene like i mean i didn't grow up running so i'm not particularly tied to that but still what alienates me from that is like well even honestly from even running a road marathon again like i did one like when i first started running for fun but like you know the capacity for dreaming in that space is pretty limited i mean unless you're competing with yourself right like you know it's it's to the point now with road running where when you run like a 225 marathon like your friends might be impressed but like in the grand scheme of running like it's really not impressive which is fucked up right like because that shit is crazy to me like whereas you know when you when you step into the 100k distance it becomes about something that is beyond just a purely physical ability you know because if that were the case like it'd be all these i mean i guess we're starting to see it a little bit but it'd be all these track and field cats stepping in and just shitting on everybody you know but that's not what it is right and I think that's like why, you know, someone like Michael Versteeg is like really relatable for a lot of people or like someone like Anton Kupichka, you know, it's like, it's these dudes that just like have this, it's, it's, it's a mental game. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think in the sphere of the mental, we can all relate. We all have that capacity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the potential, like you touched on it earlier too, the potential that we all have, like, I think a lot of people would be surprised at what they're capable of. And we often like cut ourselves short or don't give ourselves enough credit to say like, no, we could step in and bring it to something like crazy, but that we just will like self-select out and say, no, that's too far. That's too hard. I'm not a runner. I'm not a track and field guy. I didn't grow up doing it. So we like remove ourselves from those opportunities to step into this possibility and rather than just like rallying and being like, like, well, let's see what happens. Like, you know, the worst thing is like yeah. you the distance, but you're still going to learn an incredible amount about yourself in the process. No, definitely. And I, and, and I think there's just like something like really parallel between those crazy long distance runs and what the experience of life is, which is just learning how to cope with pain and suffering. Right. I mean, I think we live in a world where we're constantly striving to be comfortable, but nothing revolutionary comes out of being comfortable, right? Like you don't get breakthroughs from eating the right amount every day and just like getting rest. Like, you know, like you, you know, you, you, you arrive at breakthroughs through the overcoming of discomfort, whether that's, you know, mental, psychological, or physical. 
And I think that there's just something really laid out for you in a race or just a long run, or just even a run in general that really corresponds to our conception of linear time and what we accomplish within a predetermined amount of time and space, you know, that also, you know, allows us to uh, understand how meaningless it is too. Yeah, yeah. You know? Has that kind of, kind of what you're touching on, that uh, running allows you to kind of make the impossible possible has has that kind of bled over to other parts of your life um brought confidence to areas that you might have been intimidated to to kind of put yourself into situations that you might have been cautious to do before not 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 particularly you know i mean i think what it is for me is just like everything else in my life where it's just kind of become a, a compulsion where I'm just now I'm just wanting to figure out ways to do it better to get into weirder situations and <laughs> figure my way out through them you know? yeah, yeah and maybe with a little more foresight than three and a half weeks or whatever but yeah you know. so what's what's on the bucket list for 2022 what kind of epic runs adventures are we going to see uh see you getting up to this year well my the sort of where I really want to, uh, what, what, what's really I'm at the forefront of my mind running wise is an ultra that I'm doing in Iceland in July. Um, it's called the Laugavagura Trail. And, you know, I, I definitely am planning to do some pretty cool uh, content and stuff for Possessed and for Satisfy for that race. Um, I mean, it's just, Google it after this. I'll send you a link or something. It's just insane looking. Um, it's a little bit of a shorter distance than I've done. I've, it's a 50K. I've never done a 50K. So I'm uh, very stoked to try to actually leave it all out there. You know, I think even like Man Against Horses is really just my second ultra. And I, I just ran it pretty conservatively because, like we were saying before, I mean, I just wanted to traverse the distance, you know. But I've never really tried to to be competitive, so that's that, that's something that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and I signed up for a race in uh, May as a little tune-up, like another 50k in Reno. Nice. There's uh, there's some pretty gnarly epic uh, trail runs here in Vancouver. So when when things loosen up, uh, we're gonna have to get you up to Canada. To, uh, Dude, yeah, please send me like a list of races there or something. I'd love to come through. I mean, my my schedule is pretty in terms of my own personal running pretty open this year. So I uh, I'm looking for for other things to do. Yeah, there's definitely especially here in Vancouver on the west coast. There's just like similar to you know Seattle uh, blend of mountains water um so you can like literally run a trail that takes you up a mountain and takes you down to the ocean you can finish with like an ocean dip um it's pretty epic i think uh i think you'd like the adventure here i'm positive that i would i i love seattle too i'm really really sad that like i'm not based there as much but i'll be back yeah i mean the pacific northwest just like you were mentioning the the terrain and the geography is really magical i would say you know quite fantastical about it yeah yeah it's pretty special yeah do you, do you know are there any directions you want to go before we kind of maybe like um hit, hit some rapid random fire and 
kind of explore that? Yeah, I think I honestly, I think we've covered like a lot of a lot of what I was hoping to to touch on in terms of our conversation. So I, I don't know. How about you? What have, what have we left? What have we left on the table? Or Adam, do you have some questions? I know you said you had some, maybe some questions for us. So turn the table. No, yeah. I, I was just really curious on, you know, what, what, how you guys came about to starting a podcast together and what was like the big motivating factor for that? You know? Yeah. And how long it's, how long it's been going too. I think like all great things, it started on a run. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, we 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 both. Um, Dean actually got me into running. We both like grew up playing sports, um, met each other playing basketball against each other playing basketball in high school, and kind of had different paths until I don't know our early thirties. Um, and then I moved back to Steveston, which is like a suburb of Vancouver where Dean lives, and. Uh, I was really into cycling and I wasn't cycling as much uh, in, the, in the winter time because I was a bit of a fair weather cyclist. And uh, Dean was this like avid runner, like totally hooked on the running culture, the running ethos, like just living, living that life. And he's like, just come for a run with me. You'll keep your, your base mileage up. So when you uh, hit your cycling in the spring, you'll, you'll, you'll be in uh, good shape still. And uh, I started running with Dean on Mondays and, um, you know, stopped slowly and slowly. I, I started running more than I was cycling and just got absolutely obsessed with, uh, with running thanks to Dean here. And we would spend, uh, you know, hours conversing about everything from spirituality to life goals to, um, you know, the next satisfied drop. <laughs> literally satisfied drop. <laughs> while we're on runs like honestly we've spent hours talking about satisfying um and we both have these like goals of having a podcast uh just because we're both like curious people that like to learn from others and like to um you know surround ourselves with inspiring people and it took us a while but eventually we we're like why don't we just do this podcast together like all of these runs are kind of a podcast anyways uh, so we started it, it became like our, one of our silver linings of COVID. We started it about, we launched last June. So we're like almost 40 episodes in now. Um, and just like the, the conversations that we've had, um, in this short time have just been like, like life altering, mind altering. Um, and it's become a big passion of our lives. I'm, I'm projecting for you, Dean, but there's, there's, uh, kind of my my interpretation of how we got into it i don't know if you want to add some things dean no that's pretty that's pretty much the that's pretty much the tale as i remember it yeah just uh really cool how, like those those through lines that we we've carried you know individually and then when we came to that kind of realization like no i think we're better together and then the beauty of it is like that's been the i feel like we are obviously hosting and curating like kind of a capsule of these conversations but it really feels like part of our goal with the podcast is like beyond the podcast, like just creating this cool network of like, yeah, just creative, inspiring people that are, are up to just like rad shit in the world that we, we love and value and just want to like whatever platform we have, like share uh, with other people and just tell, tell stories that we think are meaningful and impactful. And yeah. Just, we love it. We love, we love the human connection and the human stories and the, the the power to inspire and change someone like when we see people or we get like messages from someone and they're like 
okay, you guys like keep talking about running and all this. Like I tried running my first like 5k this week. And like, to me, that's the best. Cause that's like some it is, yeah. conversation that in someone's earbuds that like sparked meaningful change in their life. And I mean, we couldn't ask, we couldn't ask for anything more in terms of creating content, which, you know, right. Creating content, you, yeah, no, totally. and you want, you want it to resonate with people and inspire them and be like, yeah, man, I can, I can try like an FKT on my trail out here or just like, put on shoes for the first time and go since high school or whatever it might be. So, yeah. That's awesome. Wait, how long have you guys known each other? We, we met, funny enough, we met in high school playing basketball against each other. And then Dean became friends with my older sister and was in the same okay. circle with her. And for like a decade, she was like, you and Dean are like the same person. You guys need to hang out. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I got lots of friends. Like, you know, <laughs> We'll, we'll hang out one day and uh kind of she kept saying it like you every time she'd hang with dean she's like dean's like the same person as you and then once i moved back to steveston uh we kind of started to connect um i've got a juice bar here in vancouver called the juice truck and um dean started coming in we started talking about running and once we started running together i was like man this guy's like my soul brother and we just would like <laughs> that's sick connect on these like epic conversations and and yeah the runs kind of became like these runs in manifestation we just like talk about these ideas for long enough that eventually we had like no choice but to like actually do them you know (laughs) yeah Um, so that's kind of how we my sister's kind of our matchmaker in a way (laughs) Uh, we we were either destined to be like good buds and do like do all this cool stuff together or like mortal enemies it was, it was yeah. like, <laughs> i'm glad you chose the best buds route yeah. 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 <laughs> me too but well, we honestly we're always giving satisfied like such props on our runs um being from a brand background like i'm just like you guys light light it up i think um you guys are showing what's possible to like be a positive storyteller. I think um, you guys are making running like so inclusive um, and and showing what's possible for so many people. Like I know, like Dean was mentioning, we're like, check out Satisfier, you know, like people, then people will read a few of your stories and then, like he was saying, they will go run their first 5K. And those stories light me up so much more than like someone that's regularly running like 100K. I'm like that mom that got off like went and did her first run in like five years or like that like 75 year old that's like you know shuffling their feet down the trail and still going like those are the people that like light me up you know oh yeah dude yeah totally same same exactly yeah it's it's so cool um well maybe we like to kind of like did you have any other questions adam that's so funny that we're, we're flipping it now you're the host uh, no, yeah, no, it's so funny. It's just like, that's why uh, I think I was like, almost like anxious before the podcast, because like, I'm so accustomed to being on where you guys are sitting, you know, yes, for sure. it's like, it's so, uh, it's so infrequent that I, that I speak about myself in any capacity. Mm-hmm. I was starting to realize that I'm really not good at it. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> just trying, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I guess I gotta keep practicing. But no, uh, I mean, I, I do have more questions, but I don't know um, if you want me to ask them. I'm just because I'm all now I'm all curious about your guys' running trajectories. You know, it sounds like Dean, you've been running longer than Zach. Yeah. And so now I'm curious about how you you found running, you know? 
Oh man. Being the person that motivated Zach, you know, it takes a lot like to, to get someone into running. Like I just know from experience, like, you know, talking to someone into running is, uh, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's good when you have like someone who's, who's kind of like a, you know, growth mindset open to new experiences that makes it easier. But uh, yeah, getting him to like kind of cheat on on his first love of like cycling that was there. It took a bit of work, but I think for me, like I played like Zach said, I played sports, you know, growing up, and uh, like basketball and rugby were like the two big ones that I kind of was into. And so for both of those sports, like high cardio, um, running was always like the punishment or like the necessity, right? Okay, it's like season is starting up. You got to get back in shape, so it's time to start running. And it was kind of this like uh, requirement. It's often like the negative thing. And, uh, so I always knew it and I kind of had this relationship towards it. And then I had, uh, I was playing like pretty competitive rugby like a year or so after high school, like with, with one of the local clubs here and got like a good concussion, like the kind that you don't want to get and realized like I was going to university at the time. And I was like, you know what, my priority is like my future and education. And so I, I kind of like the game and, and like cognition, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. That was like, yeah. was about, like how bad concussions were like long-term were kind of just like coming out too. Maybe yeah. all this stuff. And I was like, I don't need another one of those. So kind of stepped back from the game and then was not training, was not playing and kind of kept like eating the same as like a mid 20 year old person. And then the metabolism shifted. So all of a sudden, you know, there was just a lot more of me than there used to be. And I wasn't feeling, I wasn't healthy. I wasn't feeling good. Um, So then I got back into running as kind of like that, almost like that punishment. Like, this is the one thing I need to, I know that I can do this um, to like get back into being like a person who's in shape and more healthy and it like I hated it. Like I would go out. Um, it was it's like that discipline. Like I just knew, okay, like yeah, go run this trail, and really, 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 most uh, days just hated my life out there. But I was committed. I was like this. I like I have to go do this. And then yeah. somewhere in the first like maybe six months or so, like it didn't really get a lot easier. But something clicked in me where it was like something that I I like had to go do to now it was like something that I like needed to go and do. Yeah. And that that switch into like running became the place of freedom for me rather than where I would like punish myself or you know see myself as like not good enough and I had to go run to get to be better. Uh, so for me, part of the story is like learning to kind of like in some ways like self love and and see myself as like you know regardless of like speed or ability but I was like out there doing it and I could be grateful for that and then honestly just like never stopped fell in love with it started running with some crews started leading run crews um signing up for races like I'm 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 a big dude like I'm never gonna win or crush any times or anything but it's for me it's just like being out there and and being better and being consistent like that's where I love it yeah you know, the entourage effect, everything is better with friends. So I'm always just grabbing people telling them like, come on, trust me, you're going to hate it until you love it. And then it just consumes your soul. So let's go. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cause like running for me is so deeply, um, solo, you know, like I, I have, I have very limited experience like running with other people, you know, yeah. um, 
So, yeah, I guess I'm missing out on the entourage effect. You know what really helped me? I was the same way, Adam. Like when I started, I was a solo runner. It was like podcast or music and just me. And I was like, I would literally say like, it's it's my like me time. And I don't want to do like, I'm an extrovert and I'm always around people. But I was like, when I was running, that's it. And then I honestly like kind of begrudgingly showed up to a run crew uh, and I was like, I don't know how you do this. And for the first like four months, I literally just ran by myself in the crew. Like I would just take off and do my like, thing. Yeah. And then I started finding that like, if I just kind of like let go of any kind of expectation on that run and decided just like make it like a social thing and like chat with people, but count it as like some easy miles or whatever, uh, that changed everything again for me where I was like, oh, okay. Like I can just be here as kind of like a social yeah. thing. And then you find people who help push you too. like as more and more people were turning up to the crew, like faster that I was like, Oh, okay. I can like come out and actually push myself now on these like social group runs. And yeah. And so now I still just count like Wednesday night runs are, are not for me. They're for the community. They're for whoever's there. And I cool. Yeah. So it's, it's helpful in kind of like letting go of any kind of attachment to outcomes in that even. So it's, it's good for my ego just to be there as a support person for, for whoever's, you know, of their first time out or whatever. So I love it. That's sick. Yeah. I, I need to find that. I need to find that here. You know, I think, I think that's, uh, there's, there's, there's really something in that, you know, I mean, there's a reason why people, once they find one cruise are just so like dedicated to showing up every week, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. Even up here in Van, well, you know, the, the Pacific Northwest, like two, well, two degrees Celsius, but like cold, rainy, dark, I'm like, why are you all here? Let's go. Like, <laughs> it's incredible, right? The the commitment to yeah. the is just is so cool. Like they could have run on the treadmill or they could have just stayed inside where it was warm and cozy and had ramen or whatever, but they're they're coming out in the pouring rain to like put in some put in some kilometers together. And it's the together piece that like gets us there, which I love. So Zach, do you go to these two? You know, I don't do as many run club events as, as Dean. Yeah. Um but I do, I, I like the social running, like uh, for work, I try to like double up if I know someone's a, a runner, instead of having like a meeting, I'll be like, let's go for a run. And I think like the ideas that will come oh, that's cool. on that run are so much uh, more interesting than what we'd come up with, like sitting around at a cafe. Because I find like, either you get bored or there's like a more a harder end to a conversation when you're just like sitting around having coffee like brainstorming but if you go for a run like the ideas kind of like come and go and you like come back to them and they they kind of move with you a little bit more and i also find some like, of the inhibitions come down when you when you when you when you have like meetings like on the run yeah. literally yeah i did that i was in paris in november and like i would just go on runs with with greece and it actually taught me a lot about just like letting go of inhibitions when presenting ideas and stuff because you're like i mean you went after you say you're like what prevented me from saying this when i wasn't running yeah you know? yeah yeah <laughs> because when you're running you're just like there's any just all these physical factors where you're just like oh fuck it i'll just say it because like we'll be we'll be 0.2 miles away from that idea soon <laughs> you know <laughs> or or we'll or we'll bring it with us you know so, yeah yeah 100 yeah, that's cool so did you grow up with like athletics? Was that some a part of your, your childhood or was that something you got into more as an adult? No. Yeah. So, I mean, like I've always had sort of like a, like a natural ability for athletic endeavors. Like, I guess just I'm tall. 
like, like genetically, like I'm just decent at sports that I care about, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, no, when I was growing up, I mean, I did all like the sort of stereotypical, like little league sports, like baseball and soccer. And then I think um, I randomly stumbled upon lacrosse and was really good at that um, for all of like up until high school, you know? And then for me, team sports, like when I got into high school, just like really alienated me because like the culture was so uh, mm-hmm. like hyper-masculine and like machismo and like, it's just really not my, wasn't my personality as a kid, still isn't my personality now. Um, and I ended up not doing sports anymore for that reason, because I just really didn't like the culture, you know, um, that you find in a lot of organized sports teams. Um, and then I rediscovered, like, you know, I went through a similar, a similar period of my life, just a lot earlier where there was a lot more of myself physically, like Dean was really, really happily put it earlier. Um, and then, yeah, I found like the gym and Muay Thai for, for many years. Um, weirdly, I don't know, because now when I try to go to the gym, I, I don't understand how I liked being there before, but there was a period of my life where like the gym was my space of freedom yeah because <laughs> yeah, yeah. dude trying to try to go to the gym now is oh my god after you find running outside like going to do strength training you're just like this is seriously punishment yeah <laughs> you know you're like this seriously it's like not being like on the trails you know like putting up these plates on a leg press you know so oh, Oh yeah. yeah even, even on like the cold rainy days, you know, it's like our, rather be outside. Totally. Yeah. Right. The place where we live here totally, has like a little home, home yeah. gym thing. And it's like, uh, I could go like do some strength training, whatever. It's like, uh, it's not that rainy. Like I'll just go for a run. Like, yeah. Hypoth- potential hypothermia still sounds more attractive than the bench <laughs> press. So I'll, I'll go out there. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, one super random thing. And then maybe we can do some more random questions. You're rocking some good Canadian shoes. You wear the Nordas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. I do. I wear those shoes religiously. Yes. That's so cool. I bought a pair and I have yet. They're still like crispy white in the box. I'm waiting to like get through my current trail Mm -hmm. shoes uh, before I kind of break break this box open. And they're so beautifully white and clean um, that I'm waiting to kind of paint them with the trail. But I got to wear through the white gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's my favorite running or athletic shoe that I've ever experienced in my life, both aesthetically and performance-wise. My first pair of white gum has over 600 miles on it now. I'm still holding up. Wow. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm I'm pretty close with the brand now, and, you know, they're amazing people, and, you know, they're doing doing things in a way that I I fully support and admire, and... uh, yeah, their shoes just really, really do do what they project that they do. You know, like it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I gotta run some more so I can wear through my Nikes a little quicker, so I can get into those. Nordos. You do, you do. Have you even tried them yet? I just honestly, I've only worn them through the house. Like I'm like waiting until. Oh, wow. I, like, oh uh, man, yeah. Kind of wear through good. my. They're really good. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have fun in those. Yeah. Everyone says that. Everyone that has Nordos. Which like, Nikes are you running in now? Uh, what do I have? Like the what are they called? Dean on battle? Yeah, like the Pegasus or something? The, the wild horse. No, the wild, wild horse. horse. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the trail Pegasus. Okay, okay, yeah, these would be a lot better. <laughs> That's Bugs. awesome. Yeah. yeah, no, I like Nike road shoes. I don't. I haven't 
I haven't loved any of their trail shoes, but um, no. yeah, you'll really dig on the Nordas as long as the sizing is wrong. It's all good. <laughs> okay, last question before you, before I keep saying we're going to get some random fire, but I keep thinking about other things. For people, Dude, it's okay. These are kind of random questions anyway. So. They are. <laughs> <laughs> super random. If someone's listening and they're new to running or haven't um, taken up running before, do you have any like hacks or, or tips for? for newbies to kind of get them to lace up those shoes and get out the door? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, it's, it's really convenient that we touched upon a lot of the facets of running that I can return to as a reference. But I think a lot of people contextualize running as punishment, you know, um, and only experience it and know it as punishment. But I think a lot of the people that haven't gone before are, very happy to go outside for a walk or even for a leisurely hike. And so I think my advice for someone trying to get into running is to take that same perspective as you would bring with you on a exploratory walk or a hike and just do it on a run. You know, you don't have to run as fast as you can the whole time. You don't even have to run the whole time. You know, you can, you can mix it up, like, but just, you know, treat it as sort of an exploration, like whether that's a, physical destination-based exploration or one just with yourself, you know, I think that's really the best thing you can do mm. when you get into running all that other pace, distance, et cetera, stuff like will come later. But I think if you just find a good route through which your running can grow and develop, like that's, that's the best thing you can do. You know? I love that. Because I, I, I think it can be intimidating for, for some people to start, but if you just kind of approach it like you would a walk or a hike, it kind of breaks that barrier down and, and makes it a lot more uh, welcoming, I think. Yeah. All right, Dina, should we get into some, some rapid fire, see where that leads us? Maybe we'll, 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 we'll see where it goes. Yeah, let's do it. As short, as short or as long as uh, as you feel compelled to answer on these, <laughs> Adam. Just kind of. Okay. We always end it off with just like a little, little random, little random rapid fire. All right. Uh, satisfy. What's your favorite core pieces of your Satisfy collection? If someone is also new to checking out Satisfy and they want to purchase their first piece, what are some of your your favorite? Uh, Favorite articles of clothing from Satisfy? Uh, my single favorite piece of gear that we make are the long distance 2.5 inch shorts, which have the Justice Brief liner and the perforated mesh shell. I mean, I think that's the best running short ever designed or engineered or created. I uh, highly recommend those. Um, and these days, I've been running a lot in our new full type, the Justice Spooling type. I've uh, never been somebody that likes tights, but these are just great. Like, I don't know, you can probably just go through my feed. You can see I don't like to run in very much. You know, I'm like a very, like, if I could run naked, I would. Um, but unfortunately, you can't for a lot of reasons. The main one actually being you need some kind of support. You know, <laughs> like you can't just have your shit flopping around. So, um, <laughs> um, so I like to feel as though I'm running in nothing and Truly, those full-length tights are the, just the justice fabric, and then the long-distance 2.5-inch shorts do that for me. And if I'm absolutely obliged to, to wear a shirt for some reason, like the race singlets, similarly, just feel like nothing. And yeah. then um, in terms of, like, 
just wearing around. I mean, I think Cloud Merino is one of our best fabrics that we have as well for, for tops. I mean, t-shirts, long sleeve. To, to give you guys some props, um, your, the yoga pants that you guys have, I forget what they're called, but they're incredible. Studio pants. Studio yeah. pants. They're so I sleep in those too. a lot, actually. Yeah, I love those. I love those pants, too. Yeah, just like the innovation with the liner and the flow of the pant is, like, unbelievable. They're so comfortable. Yeah. You got to try the Justice pants, too. They're, uh, okay. they're like, they're even lighter than that, and they don't have the liner, but they're the, I'm actually in them now, so. Okay, adding it to my uh, shopping list here. Justice pants. Here we go. <laughs> All right, dinner. What you got? What's uh? Yeah, for for running or just uh, for life. Favorite season. What's your favorite season? Oh, it's weird, but I am a big heat person. I love I love cooking. Like it's you know you too. Yeah, I love the heat, man. Like I'll run in all seasons and all weather, and you know. It's certainly nice in the spring and fall, but the summer, man, just the, the feeling of the sun just cooking my skin is, I love that feeling. Ditto. I always say I'm solar powered. I need to, I need to move down to like, <laughs> dude, me too, man. That's the one thing about the Pacific Northwest that just kills me is the gray. Like I'm so susceptible to that sort of like seasonal depressive funk. Yeah, it's gray for extended period of time, even if I'm out there running, you know, like it helps, obviously. But man, yeah, the sun, dude. I'm also solar powered. I like that stealing that. <laughs> Adam, is there a book? Uh, we're always like just curious and what inspires people. Uh, is there a book that you've gifted uh, the most in your life, or a book that you know you've drawn a lot of inspiration from? Could be one book, two books whatever kind of comes to mind. Yeah, I would say the, the the two single most important texts that I hold near and dear to me, at least in the last five years, are uh, a Black Skin, White Mass by Frantz Fanon and um, Anti-Oedipus, Capitalism and Schizophrenia by Gilles Deleuze and Felix Guattari, or Guattari, I don't know how to say his last name. Those two books really uh, change the way that I think and look at things they mean a lot to me amazing adding those to the i'm just making a little shopping list here adam with my books pants uh, (laughs) plane ticket to southern california yeah yeah both both of those books i have like multiple copies of them like i said i'm like a crow with objects you know like i'll I'll read them and i digest them but i also for whatever reason if i see an edition that i don't have even if it's not like rare, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it because I, get it. I love this thing. So. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You're, uh, um, go ahead, Dean. You're, I, think, uh, I think you're a very like stylish individual and satisfies obviously bringing in like very cool, cool vibes, kind of immersion, like a, a fusion of like skate culture, um, you know, like that punk rock culture. How how would you describe your style in like a few words? If I could, if I could make you be so fickle. Um, at this point, my style is. Oh man, this is such a funny question to try to answer for myself. <laughs> I guess um, a runner dipped into a thrift shop coding. <laughs> nailed it that's so good 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, that's, that would, that's it. Going back to kind of that inspo list, I'm always like obsessed with people that inspire me, that inspire them. Um, if you could have, you know, there's a dinner table, there's some tasty food, and you've got like three seats at the table to invite three people that inspire you. Let's say that they're alive so that you can actually invite them. What, what are a few people that uh, are, are coming for that dinner? Oh, man, that's really hard. That's really hard. I think I, I, I surround myself with dead people. So yeah, yeah, sure. you can take you a can little invite, more concerted effort. You can but the thing is, is I, don't even, I don't even want to meet these people that I like, you know? I like, I like keeping them as constructs in my head. Because <laughs> um, real, because people are often disappointing in the sense that you realize they're just like you, you know. Um, We're all human, right? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to skip this question, man. Because really, if I was gonna pick three people to be at a dinner, I would choose just really close friends, you know. There you go. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't put any kind of person I haven't met in that high regard in my brain where I'm like dying to meet them if that makes sense yeah that's cool that's cool but that's I don't mean to not answer it and cop out that's okay <laughs> I had a follow-up to that one but we uh, what's the follow-up let me hear the follow-up I the follow-up follow it might change it this is a question we borrowed from one of our friends Jan Pabuco so the the follow-up is something comes up and you can't make that dinner who would who would you give your seat to Oh, okay, okay. It's like the opposite of a nightmare blunt rotation, huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, damn, I, I like want to answer this question. Okay, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll try to answer it. <laughs> I would put, I would put, I would bring Playboy Cardi. Yep. Um. Now I have to answer it because there's going to have to be some other people that I bring besides Playboy Cardi because that says a lot about me that I don't think is true. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> Michael Versteeg. Yep. Just because that. I'd want to see him interact with, with somebody like that. And then... The Phoenix Suns. you got to bring the Phoenix Suns for Michael Versteeg, right? Yeah, can we count that as one person? Yeah, we can count that again. <laughs> yeah, the an enormous dinner table. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I, I regret answering that question. I'm, I'm deleting that from my memory. <laughs> uh, next yeah. random rapid fire one. I got one. I got one more for you. What is one thing in your life that you wish you took time to enjoy more? Oh, probably the the last meal that I had in Korea because I didn't know it was going to be so long before I ate, ate it again you know mm-hmm. yeah. so that's at this point the thing that I wish I had spent more time enjoying yeah that's good man hopefully soon we'll hopefully soon yeah happy Lunar New Year by the way for um, hey the thanks yeah. In Korea. yeah you're the tiger now yeah yeah nice I like it <laughs> Diener, do you want to wrap it up with our uh, closer? Let's do it. So Adam, like we talked about the pod a little bit earlier and kind of like how it came to be, but uh, we didn't tell you like our intention for it 
is um, exactly kind of what we named it is to to be uh, a place that creates and facilitates and hosts a little more good uh, that sees that kind of manifested into the world. We want to be that we want to embody it and create it. But uh, we always ask our guests, um, what does that mean to you? A little more good. Wow. I guess for me, uh, a little more good just means bringing in just more patience and intentionality with the interactions that I have with those around me, because I tend to be a little bit too introverted at times. And I think a little more good is just giving a little more of myself every time that I interact with somebody. So. I love that. Well, Adam, I'm super grateful for your time. And uh, I just want you to know that you're an inspiration for both Dean and I, and I think for the, the collective running community, the space that you're creating and holding, I think is important. And I think it's expanding the perception of running adventure and what's possible. And uh, we definitely got to get you up here to Vancouver to hit the trails together. If you're looking for a couple of running buddies, I think you're looking at a, a couple guys that are, are ready to hit the trails with you and, and some, uh, and some fresh Nordas. So we, we got to get you up here. Yeah, and thanks again, seriously, so much for having me on. It was it was really fun, and yeah, I, uh, I fully intend to make it up to Vancouver sometime. Nice. Hit those runs. Let's do it. All right, thanks so much, Adam. Awesome, man. Appreciate thanks, you guys. Yeah. Yes, sir. Let's go. Oh man, you ready to go for a run? Yes. Yeah. It was. It's so interesting. You know, like I, I love it. Obviously, that conversation was it was kind of our first. Uh, real in-depth conversation with with Adam other than just like flipping some emails back and forth and connecting through IG and stuff like that but um, man it was so fun and I just felt like uh, we could have kept on going and in fact we did like after we stopped recording we probably chatted for another half hour or so and just got into like conversations about cycling and I remember like uh, shortly after I think it was like that same night that we recorded like I saw he like signed up for a bike race and all this so it's so cool just like I don't know that the conversation just like kept rolling and took off and it was just so fun yeah, yeah. it was awesome I hope uh, I hope it's the first of many yeah I hope Adam and his team come down to uh, beautiful British Columbia for Man. a little satisfy shoot in our uh, beautiful rainforest Honestly, it's a good spot to be. Good spot to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you guys all enjoyed this this week's episode. Um, you can follow Adam on Instagram at Adam Vordoid. Yeah. Uh, we'll throw it up in the show notes. Uh, follow Satisfy, satisfyrunning.com, I believe. Mm-hmm. Check out Possessed Magazine. And be sure to check out their Spotify, um, Satisfy Running. You can, you can check out all of their playlists there. Uh, if you enjoyed this week's episode, you know, share it with a friend. Maybe... Maybe uh, throw it up on your stories or send it to one of your running pals that might find inspiration from it. And as always, we always appreciate uh, likes, reviews, all those good things. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, and I guess like on a fun note, uh, if you did enjoy this, uh, you know, there's a new run project that I'm sure we'll talk about more. Check out Raya. Mm-hmm. We'll just kind of leave it as a little nugget for you to go explore. It's a new project from Van Runco and uh, previous guest um, Nick Lowe uh, from Odd future. future. So look, look up Raya. Yeah. Good things happening. Run as you are. R A Y A. All right. Okay. Be well, everyone. Peace.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.